Hey, Varun Raja here, and welcome back to the Girls Chase podcast. Creating sexual relationships with women might be considered one of the ultimate end goals for men. The culmination of everything we teach here in Girls Chase being how to bring girls that we most desire into our life as sexual partners. A whole other element to the big picture is converting those first-time encounters into ongoing sexual relationships, of which there exist many different types, casual relationships, non-monogamy, as well as highly intimate and prized long-term relationships. In this two-part series, I brought back Girls Chase founder Chase Amante to first discuss the background and process of converting a first encounter into an ongoing sexual relationship. Hey Chase, welcome back to the podcast. Hey Varun, great to hear from you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, great to have you back. And today Chase and I are here to discuss a very common situation. We have a guy that has just slept with a girl for the very first time, and now he wants to create an ongoing sexual relationship with that girl. And ultimately, it seems that this process starts from the very first interaction between the guy and the girl. Maybe we can start off this discussion with a quick foray into women's relationship theory. Like, Chase, what are women ultimately looking for in relationships? Maybe even in the moment versus throughout the course of their lives. Uh, well, for as far as in the moment is concerned, one of the uh, a great quote I heard a while back that you can take it or leave it, but quote was that any given person, or most people, I suppose, including most women, and that are looking to maximize their own happiness within the next 30 minutes. So uh, I certainly think people have more of a long-term perspective than that much of the time, but I think that's a, a nice thing to think about or to keep in mind when you're thinking about what is a woman looking for. If spending time with you and doing whatever you're asking her to do is going to maximize her happiness within the next 30 minutes, there's a, a fairly good likelihood that she'll be open to doing whatever you're asking her to do. From more of a long-term perspective, women can be looking for different things when they're getting involved with a man. We have the traditional friend, lover, provider uh, brackets that we put things into, like a boyfriend box would be the provider, or uh, the guy that's just a no-strings lover. But women have all these different things they're looking for, and one guy can be fulfilling multiple roles, or can be fulfilling just one role. So it really kind of depends on the girl, what kind of mood she's in, and what roles the given guy that she's with seems like he can potentially fulfill. That's very interesting, though, that at the end of the day, human beings are all looking for some sort of quick gratification. Like you said, maximizing happiness within 30 minutes. And from a point of view of seduction and relationships, this presents a lot of opportunities for men to actually provide this to a woman and actually start the relationship process with her, maybe even from the first time we meet. Does a woman actually know what kind of relationships she wants with you before sex, or do women actually just go with the flow? Yeah, she can. Most of the time. She can, not always. But before we get to that, I wanted to jump in and say, since we're talking about the, um, the opportunity that the uh, maximizing happiness thing provides, uh, one of the things that I think as you become better with women, you start to realize that there is this, if I can continue to maximize your happiness, then she will continue to stay and, and go along with things. That's something a lot of guys who are newer don't realize. Because when you're a newer guy, you're getting in thinking, a lot of times you're thinking, okay, if I can just show her that I'm going to be this really reliable guy long term, she's going to make this really solid long term decision that she should build her life around me. But because the guy's not creating a good experience for her, it's not really all that enticing to her, even if maybe logically that's a good option for her. Emotionally, it's just not that exciting. So the guy gets frustrated, not realizing that he needs to create those emotions as well as show her that he's a good logical choice. But that kind of ties into, do women know what they're looking for? I suppose there's a couple of frames also that factor into this, right? I mean, we always talk about the friend role, where some guys think that by just being nice to a woman and providing her good value over a long period of time, she'll suddenly realize how amazing this man is. Yeah. Or perhaps the provider role also where a guy will instinctively take girls on a series of dates and be genuinely very nice to her and set up a longer term seduction, but with the attitude again that 
it's not about her quick gratification. It's ultimately about how she views him in the long term and about managing this balance. Mm -hmm. Yet we see time and time again that, like you said, by providing her quick gratification within 30 minutes or within a short period of time and providing that to her over and over and over again, you actually set up a situation where she looks up to you for that and ultimately ties you with her happiness in moments. Yeah, it's an anchoring effect where uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, you have anchoring, which is where you can anchor certain emotions to a person or an object or, you know, emotion or anything really. And when you're continually providing these kind of emotional spikes, she will come to associate good feelings and excitement or whatever you anchor to yourself to you, which is what you were talking about. Very cool. So that comes back to the question. I mean, on some level, women do know what kind of relationships she might want with a man before sex. But at the same time, if she's going with the flow, then she's also just going with the flow and looking up to this particular man who's kind of maybe a mysterious man that's leading her on this journey. And she's just kind of trailing along and having the time of her life. Yeah. You know, when she first meets you, just like when you first meet a girl, a lot of times you'll be picturing some sort of outcome with her. You could be thinking, man, it would be incredible to have this girl as my girlfriend. Or you could be thinking, I would really just love to tear this girl's clothes off and throw her onto my bed. Or you could be thinking it'd be, it'd be great to watch her suck my cock. Or you could be thinking, man, I, this is a girl that I could introduce to my parents. Or you've got some sort of idea in your head. And you may have multiple ideas. Maybe you're thinking, I'd really like to do this. But maybe there's also some potential for that. And that's, that's the same thing that women go through. So, you know, a, a woman meets you. And, and for women, it's more complicated, too, because in addition to lover and boyfriend or husband, they can also be thinking, here's a guy who could be a great friend, or here's a guy who could be kind of a business mentor to me. Or maybe if she's in school, here's a guy who can help me to do better academically. Maybe she's struggling with her grades. So there are just all these different uses that men can have for women. It could be romantic, sexual, something else, or it could be some combination of those. And I guess the same for women, where there's also roles that a man can play in a woman's life that just isn't necessarily sexual. But of course, here we're teaching exactly how to be that, how to be the lover and play a sexual role in her life. Yeah. And that brings up another question. Are women open to any kind of relationship if the courtship is good enough? Or can you set expectations early on that have a ripple effect on the kind of relationships women are open to you after intimacy? Yeah, that's the age-old question. Is any woman open to anything with the right approach? It's kind of endlessly debated. I'll say this. Women are reasonably flexible with a guy that is able to create the right emotions and expectations. But depending on the girl, where she's at in her life, what she's looking for, she can be more or less open to different roles with different kinds of men. So in answer to the question, it's, it depends on the guy, it depends on the girl, it depends on the situation. Is this some guy that's a part of her social circle or is he a complete stranger? And that can go either way. It could be good or bad for him to be either one of those things. Uh, it also depends on where she's at in her life. Has she just gotten out of a relationship? Has she been single for too long? And now she really wants to get into one. So all these things factor into this equation. Exactly. And like you mentioned, depending on where a woman's at in her life, we notice time and time again that women have certain cycles that they go through. For instance, maybe she's just in a let's have fun, let's party mode. And that might happen for a few weeks. Yeah, and if she's in that mode and, and the guy's looking to be her boyfriend, he can be kind of a downer. You know, she just wants to party right. right now. Versus a different kind of role. Maybe she's tired of that and now she's looking to find a boyfriend. And that might be disappointing to a pure lover who's just looking for a quick fling with her. Yeah, and she may find that guy kind of a, a letdown. Like, okay, you know, if you met me four weeks ago, maybe, but now I'm just burnt out on that. And are there other phases to the cycle? Maybe there's a mode where she's just too focused on other things and not worried about men, period. Yeah, there are different kinds of moods that girls can be in about that. So she could be, you know, she could be really struggling with something right now. Maybe she's just had a, a big financial setback or uh, she's having a really hustle in school to make some passing grade or she might have some huge project and work and be stressed out and overworked. And sometimes these things can make her just look for 
a quick hookup in relief or can make her look for a provider to feel some emotional support. And it sort of depends on the woman. But there are other women who, when they get in situations like that, they just want to isolate themselves and not socialize and not have other people around that are going to distract them and just knuckle down and try and get through the situation. So those can be ones right. where you, you know, you meet the girl and you hit it off with her and grab her phone number. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm just really busy right now. I can't meet you right now. And some guys will persist and persist and will think, what did it, you know, if I can just get the right angle. But sometimes you kind of just have to let her go for a couple of months or a couple of weeks until she's figured out whatever this is, gotten through it, and, and then she's available. And those can be the ones where she contacts you and says, okay, let's meet up. And you're wondering what happened, what was going on. But the truth was she was just honestly very busy. Right on. And I guess another way that women might be unavailable, they're just in a relationship where they're in the process of getting married and settling down. That could be the fourth phase. Yeah, that can be one. She just She's in a relationship or she just got out of a relationship. She's going through a mourning period. Some girls go on a tear and hook up a bunch when they get out, but other girls just kind of go into a funk and don't want to talk to people for a while. And then eventually they get into their rebound mode. And then you can have some girls that will do something where they get single and they hook up for a while, but then they kind of get bored of it. And then they just don't go out and don't do much with men for a while. And they just kind of enjoy being single, being bachelorettes, before eventually they shift into a boyfriend hunting mode. Interesting. That sounds interesting. Yeah, very cool. Well, let's switch over to discussing the men's side of this equation. And I know that you've discussed both in your book and throughout the website how important it is to really know what we want as a man, maybe in this moment in his life, as well as just in general, and how this plays into screening out and seeking out the right kind of woman for a man. So what do you have to say about the importance of just knowing what you want and why that's so critical in this whole equation? Yeah, well, super important to know what kind of girl you're looking for, because if you're not, I've seen plenty of guys that they construct their game construct their persona so they they work really hard on building this persona that is designed to attract a certain kind of woman and they get really good at it and they put maybe years into this and they specialize in it and then at the end of it they realize that they want a completely different woman than the kind of woman they've specialized to get but now that kind of woman is interested in them because they're specialized for a different kind of woman and of course you know once you have good fundamentals those translate and good game translate but you can do all kinds of things that tailor you more towards one group than another and if you're tailoring yourself to the wrong kind of group that can uh, be detrimental to your success with the one you actually want to do well with and another thing is just the niches that you carve out you know guys will tend to have their favorite places that they go to meet women and if you're going to places that don't have the kind of women that you really want to meet you're going to consistently find it difficult to get into the relationships you want or hook up with the kinds of girls that you want so that's one of the reasons why that is an important factor Another one is just getting into the right relationships and not wasting your time with relationships that are just never going to be what you want or what you're looking for, which is something I see a lot of guys do because they kind of just accidentally get into relationships. Yeah, that happens quite common, you know, maybe operating from a scarcity model where you might be in a dry spell for a while and suddenly you meet this one girl that's super into you and even though you might not be looking for a relationship at that time you just kind of fall into it with that girl yeah you start seeing her and sex is okay and you're like well you know i don't really have anything else going on so i, I guess i could have her over more often you start seeing her more often you get comfortable and then before you know it you're in this de facto relationship <laughs> that's interesting and also good to know maybe a good quick foray into knowing what kinds of relationships that we actually want as men for instance, some men just want to have quick flings or just one-night stands. And there are other kinds of men that might be actually looking for that one special girl or maybe even venturing into the idea of non-monogamy, which we also did a podcast on here on Girls Chase. So how does that background factor into how you screen out women for what you're looking for? Uh, the background of knowing what kind of relationship you're looking for? Exactly. Well, that's going to help you figure out what characteristics you're looking for in a woman, obviously. And, and you're also going to look for, you know, if you want a committed long-term relationship, you're probably not going to be hitting on super drunk girls in a nightclub for that. Well, you could do that, but you might be frequently disappointed. On the other hand, if you're looking for, you know, 
just one night stands, casual friends with benefits stuff. You're probably not going to do that at church. Exactly. And maybe this goes back into, you know, the relationship, like the uh, lover versus provider frames, basically, how we can kind of cater our approach to have different percentages of each that we convey to a woman Mm -hmm. in question. Maybe it'd be a good chance to just rehash that. Like, what are the key differences between the lover frame versus the provider frame? And how does that impact our screening out of women and how they perceive us? I think it's one thing it's important to keep in mind is that what we're really talking about is spectrums here or shades. So you can have the guy who is the extreme lover and you can have the guy who's the extreme provider, but most guys are going to be some combination of lover characteristics and provider characteristics and friend characteristics or other characteristics. But a lover, uh, you would really describe as a guy who is sexually attractive. He's a guy who makes women, women feel excited. They feel liberated with him. They feel unjudged by him. They feel like they can open up to him and do things with him that they can't do with other people. A lot of times discretion is a part of it. For the lover, things like physical attractiveness are actually more important. So this is one where if you really want to maximize lover value, it's nice if you can work out, get a better body, lose weight, put on muscle. If you can get some good facial hair, get a good haircut, get good fashion, improve your voice, get good tonality, all these things, a lot of fundamentals really play a big role in making a man more attractive as a lover. And those things help with a provider value too, but they're not as important for the provider. Whereas, you know, the the provider, it's much more important that he is emotionally stable and mature. He comes across as reliable. He's a guy who is a bit more predictable, whereas the lover might be a bit more unpredictable. The provider is kind of a guy that she can take home to mom and pop and they're going to be happy with him. She can take him in front of her friends and they'll all be pleased with him. They'll all think that he's a good match for her. And he's just a guy that she can count on who's going to be there for her. And he also has a lot of good parental kinds of qualities just just stuff like dependable good earning potential all that sort of stuff right on oh very cool so this is all critical to i guess understand and present to the woman from the very first time we actually meet her i mean that's when this all begins right when you actually approach her and that first interaction ultimately frames that her view of you from the very get-go and we're kind of in a way staying congruent through that through the course of the consummation of the sexual relationship as well as ongoing onwards from there. Sure. And I think the yeah. the balance to keep in mind for a lot of guys, just, you know, for a lot of guys, the goal is I want to be able to sleep with girls I like, but I also kind of want to at some point meet some girl that I really like and have a relationship with her. So on the one hand, we on the site and, you know, I myself and in my material try to encourage guys to highlight a lot of their lover characteristics and kind of play down some of their provider characteristics. And one of the reasons that we do that is because so many of the guys that are looking for advice on dating and advice on getting girls are guys who play up the provider role and they they compete on the provider role. Which is what everyone is doing, basically. Basically, the majority of men. Because I guess it's just easier to, and, and it's sort of the end game. So they figure it's the end game. We might as well compete on it. The other uh, perspective of that is that there are guys that start off that are just hardcore lovers. Those guys would do well to you know, highlight more of their provider value. But the point that I wanted to come to is that guys can take it too far to the point where they eliminate all their provider value and they have nothing but lover value. And if you reach that point, what you'll find is that it suddenly becomes very difficult to retain women and get them to stick around for relationships. Because you just don't seem like the kind of guy that a girl would want to have a relationship with. Yeah, I guess you're so extreme on one side that she has kind of lost faith in you as that, even considering you as that option. Yeah, you get too far to the one end of the spectrum and you're just out. So that's something that I think is important to stress is that do play down your provider value to a certain extent. Do play up your lover value, but don't go so extreme that you rule yourself out of relationships, assuming relationships are something that you want. Right. And maybe we have men here that don't want relationships, but at some point, I think that everyone does enter that phase, and perhaps it'd be good to have a variety of skill sets and tools to really cater to that. Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of guys that they're at a point where they say, you know what, I don't want relationships. I don't think I ever want to have a relationship, so I'm just going to go hardcore lover. And they do that, and they do great, and they get tons of results, and they get laid a whole lot. But usually they reach a point where they start to say, it would be nice to have a relationship, And uh, by that point, they've been doing it for so long 
maybe doing a hardcore lover thing, that it's really difficult for them to make that switch and start providing provider value to the women that they meet. Yeah, I guess you go so extreme in one end that you totally forget the other side and what that actually looks like. Kind of becomes ingrained in your personality in a way that you're just a lover and that's all it is. So, well, in another way, we always talk about on Girls Chase too how the pace of the setup of a relationship, both um, before the consummation of sex and also after the consummation of sex, influences the course of the relationship. So, Maybe we can talk a bit about this, like how, I mean, in Girls Chase, we always talk about moving fast, at least up to the point where you're starting the sexual relationship, yet we also advocate to kind of slow down a bit after that point to basically lengthen and strengthen the relationship after the first time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so um, one thing I would say about the pace to get to sex before we talk about the, the pace change after so uh, the general advice is move faster, get her in bed as quickly as as you can. And the primary reason that we give that advice is that the longer you wait and the more time you take, the more face time you put in with a girl, the more you're leaving room for yourself to make mistakes, for life to intervene. She meets someone else, she gets busy, she forgets about you, whatever. There's just the more time there is, the more time there is for other stuff to happen that blocks you and her from happening. So the general advice is get her in bed as quickly as possible. That said, you can face a little bit of difficulty in transitioning to a long-term relationship if you do get her into bed quickly. So there can be some resistance later. You can have things where the woman says, kind of a mixed bag. So on the one hand, you're this really attractive guy that she really enjoys being with because you laid her very quickly. So now she gets to say, wow, he was a really masculine guy. But at the other time, she'll sort of, uh, the other hand, lament to a certain extent the loss of this romance, and she'll feel like it wasn't really a romantic buildup. So there is an argument for date compression, which is a series of dates in a short amount of time, where right. if you if you know you want a long-term relationship, then maybe you want to try date compression. That way she gets a bit more of the romantic buildup to the relationship. But you can still have perfectly fine LTRs off of quick hookups as well. Of course, and that's what we're uh, basically here to kind of discuss, which is how we can convert that uh, first time, perhaps even if it's really fast, within a few minutes or within a few hours or, you know, within a few days of meeting her and how that can become something much longer term in a variety of ways. Yeah, how to transition. Yeah. And now, how does the seduction environment, or the environment rather, that you meet the girl in influence this? Like maybe talking about meeting a girl in a nightclub where she might just be looking for a quick fling versus say meeting a girl out on the street where she's receptive to any guy and she's kind of more open-ended as to what it might be. Are we going to talk about the um, the pace change after sex or are we going to do that later? Are we going to talk about this now? Let's talk about that now, actually. Good point. Okay. I just didn't want you to forget. I think the question there is just how did the pace change following sex, correct? Or what's the general recommendation? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How does that look like? Yes. So the general recommendation, so what a lot of guys do is they sleep with a new girl, especially if they like her, then it's like, oh, this is great. Let's just spend a whole lot of time together and do all kinds of things together with one another. Especially inexperienced guys do, if they get a great girl, they can tend to think, uh, and I did this with early girlfriends too, because they tend to think, wow, this girl's amazing. I can't believe I've got her. I've really got to go all out and make sure that she feels like there's tons of value in this relationship so that she sticks around. So then you go and take her to parties and bars and and restaurants and movies and day trips and all, all kinds of stuff to really just provide all this value at the beginning of the relationship. But what happens is when you're doing that, you are setting the expectations for the rest of the relationship. So uh, the reason that we tell you to slow it down a bit is twofold. One is because it's nice if she can feel this gradual progression of the relationship where it gradually gets better over time and you gradually spend more time with her and do more things rather than you just dump all of it on her right from the very beginning. And the other reason why is because after you've been doing that stuff for three months and now it's getting old and you don't want to be doing all kinds of stuff all the time and have your whole life be about the relationship, if you start to reduce that investment and do fewer things with her, she will begin to feel like the relationship is going into decline, which is where you see all the women who are six months into a relationship or a year into a relationship or five years into a relationship and they say i wish that it could be like it was in the beginning 
because she remembers mm, yeah she remembers when it was when it was new and you were doing all the stuff together it was wild and crazy and in love and now you just got you know you're at work all the time you only have one date night a week you hardly ever take her out to restaurants whereas the opposite you know if all you ever did was hang out at your place and have sex and chat in the very beginning but now you have you go out on that one date night a week you go to restaurants occasionally or whatever now she gets to feel like, hey, it's gotten better over time. We do more stuff than we did at the beginning. So it feels like it's improved. Yeah, so you're not actually burning out the passion in the very beginning by just doing it all and running it so quickly that it runs out and the flame kind of kind of burns itself out just as fast as it started. But you do need a little discipline, especially if you're really excited and like the girl a lot. You not have to go too <laughs> yeah, crazy at the outset. Sometimes the passion, the ember can burn out just as quickly as it started and and sometimes this might also be initiated from the girl's side like she is so excited to meet a man like you and maybe you took her to bed so quickly that it just feels like such a world world romance that she wants it to go and see you just as fast as it started yet maybe in the interest of the long-term implications of that relationship we kind of want to keep it in check a little bit and basically lead the relationship in a bit of a slower path like you mentioned we're sagging up for something much stronger in the long term rather than burning out that ember really quickly yeah so you have two considerations there one you don't want to burn it out too quickly early on and get the setup wrong on the other hand you gotta have conversion in mind and conversion is basically just because you slept with her once doesn't mean she's your girlfriend now exactly exactly the next couple of times she comes over with most girls you're likely to face some resistance you might face a little more resistance some token resistance where she gives you resistance but it's easily overcome or it might be some flat out like you know i'm not even gonna go to your place this time i don't know what that was last time it's too fast for me i'm not that kind of girl so uh my opinion is generally that if you have a chance to sleep with her the next day after you slept with her the first time for instance and it's not going to kill your schedule or anything then just just take it just get the next uh, one or two sessions in bed with her as quickly as you can, and then you can set the schedule after that. You know, it's not going to kill you to have a couple early on that are crammed together. Now, are we talking about having sex with her multiple times in the same encounter, or are you actually suggesting to set up multiple meets within a short amount of time? Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, that wasn't clear. Uh, this is uh, separate occasions. So you pick her up, or you, know, you have your date the first time you take her home, sleep with her. She leaves that night or the next morning. So if she then texts you or you text her and she wants to come over again that night, then yeah, do it, is my opinion, because then you can convert her much more quickly. Whereas if you wait a week, then you may face more resistance or she may be cool about it. She may be cagey or coy. She may not want to come out and meet you. She might be going into some kind of auto-rejection, basically. Yeah, all kinds of things can happen. She can feel like, well, he didn't contact me. Maybe he doesn't really like me. Maybe he's just using me for sex. Maybe I'm just some girl to him. Or she could have met some other guy. Maybe she was like, you know, hey, there's this other guy that has much more boyfriend potential. Maybe I shouldn't keep seeing uh, Varun or whoever it is. That guy's just yeah. a playboy. <laughs> so in a way, we kind of want to strike this balance, right? We want to convert her into a ongoing sexual relationship as soon as possible. I mean, it might not be exactly clear what she is in your life or to her what you are to her life, but you are still something and you're still in some kind of sexual relationship. Yet after you achieve that, maybe after you've seen her two or three or four times and it's very clear that you two are something, then we kind of want to slow things down a bit and actually stabilize the relationship and Focus more on making it strong in the long term. Yes, exactly. Once you've gotten all the uh, major potential crises out of the way, then it's time to start doing that long-term planning and structuring. Ah, very, very cool. Yeah, I think a lot of guys are very confused about that because they're not sure what to actually do after you sleep with her for the first time, assuming that you want to see her again and assuming that she wants to see you again. And sometimes we still have this tendency to run the same kind of games before the consummation of sex, and you still want to keep doing that, like afterwards, maybe not being as warm to a girl or kind of still being a little coy or aloof when that seems like the absolutely wrong approach. Yeah, that's totally unnecessary. The games are bullshit after you slept with her. Now she needs validation. She needs warmth. You know, even the most confident women in the world, after they sleep with you the first time, they're wondering, is this guy going to call me? Does he still respect me? 
does he think I'm like just a total slut bag or you know what's going through his head so she needs that warmth that reassurance and she'd like to have sex with you soon after most likely because then you're saying hey you know this wasn't just a one-off thing I actually want to continue to have you in my life in some capacity yeah yeah and critical, you know, to see how much she's probably texting you afterwards after that first time or how she's communicating with you. Yeah. Yeah. If she's texting you a lot, that's good. That can mean she's comfortable. It can just mean that she's she's gabby. She likes to talk. Some girls are shy. Some girls think it's the man's job. And even if they really like you, they'll sit there waiting by the phone, but they won't text first. Not necessarily because yeah. they don't like you. They're just, that's their operating system. Yeah. Now, I have a question, maybe going back to what we were discussing earlier. How does the... Uh seduction environment that you meet the girl in influence the course of the relationship you know maybe uh you meet a girl in a nightclub and she was just looking for a one-night stand that night or something like that or a fun guy to have a fling with but you two actually really connected and you really want to see her again versus maybe meeting a girl on the street where she's more receptive to any kind of man or maybe she's just looking for a boyfriend and how that might impact the course of the relationship like what have you, in your experience, noticed about those? Yeah, well, obviously stuff where you're meeting a girl in a nightclub or a party, particularly a nightclub, much more so than parties, it's difficult whether it's taking phone numbers, getting a girl out on a date, or whether it's, you know, you hook up with a girl, have one night stand, now you want to see her again. It's difficult because what happens is guys who are newer that run into this, one of the things they tend to think is, well, it must just be that she's a party girl and she's not serious. That's why she doesn't want to see me again. But what's actually happening a lot of the times is she's thinking that about the guy. So it might be that you know she goes out to a nightclub once a year and you just happen to meet her on that one outing and slept with her. But she's looking at you and saying, well, I met this guy in a nightclub and he was kind of drunk. and Or even if he wasn't drunk, I met him in a nightclub. What's the most likely scenario? That that's the one time a year that he goes out to the club or that he's some just crazy club guy? And unless she's very sexually open and looking for a friends with benefits kind of relationship, she's going to feel a lot of doubt that this guy she met in the club, no matter how attractive he was, no matter how good a time she had with him, she'll feel a lot of doubt that this is a guy that she wants to keep in her life. Just because people that are hanging out in nightclubs a lot, a lot of them have all kinds of weird things going on in their lives. They can be right, right. liabilities. Not to bash them, you know, nightclub scene is a lot of fun. Yeah. But there could be a lot of uh, freaky people. And hang out the clubs. <laughs> yeah. Not us, of course. We're the normal people, but everyone else. Yeah. You know, back on that point of view, she doesn't necessarily know that, right? It's something that we kind of have to convey to her because when she sees a guy, maybe in a nightclub, she doesn't know that, oh, hey, it's Chase and he's actually a good man or it's Varun and he's actually, you know, maybe looking for something long term. She might just see a guy that's at a club that's really hot and sexy and that's his life. And perhaps that goes back into the framing of things. Maybe if you're doing club game and you're looking for more of a girlfriend or you you find that you meet a girl and you sleep with her and she's actually really cool and you want to keep her around you kind of want to tone up the provider value whereas it might be the opposite if you're meeting a girl on the street or like at a social venue or something like that where you're she already sees that you have the provider value and what you're really doing is focusing on being more of a lover being more sexy being more flirtatious being more fast and forward and just more fun yeah, definitely. And it depends on the girl, too. There are some women who, they're just club girls. They spend a lot of time in the nightclubs. And the guys that they have relationships with are nightclub guys. So they won't bat an eye if they hit it off with a guy from the club. And then if you're meeting kind of a more regular girl who isn't much of a club partier, then if you're displaying more provider value, that can make it easier for you afterwards, like you noted. You can still face a lot of resistance with getting those girls to see you again. And you might have to do some convincing that you're not really the super club guy, you know, like I go to clubs once or twice a, a month, maybe, or whatever you have to let her know. Right. But that depends on the Very girl. Interesting. Day game is just better for that in general because the expectations are generally that this is just some guy I met. If you're running it smoothly, but not too smooth, then it's like, wow, it was kind of fate that we met. If it's too smooth, or if it seems like it's something that you do all the time. What goes through a man's head after he has sex for the first time and he's actually really attracted to a woman? And uh, I actually want to kind of foray this into a couple of scenarios that I've seen personally. But uh, maybe we can start with an overall arching theme. Like a guy sleeps with a girl and she's really cool and he likes her. And what's going through his head? 
Well, I guess it depends on the guy, but I think for most guys, the thing going through his head is like, hey, I'd like to have sex with this girl again. Yeah. <laughs> well, simple enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, a couple of situations that I've personally noticed. I'll talk about two, but I'm sure there are more. One is where a guy is starts entering this needy provider frame where he just feels a scarcity with women. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but he feels a scarcity and has this urge to just keep talking to her and communicate nonstop. And what do you recommend like, as something to focus on for those types of men? When you're feeling that, the best thing that you can focus on, and that'll tend to happen more towards the beginning of your seduction career, or if you've had a long dry spell or you've just gotten out of a relationship and this is the first awesome girl you've met since, you know, that ex that you broke up with. And if you're getting that happening, the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is to really focus your energies on some other girl. Because when you're focusing all of your mental energy on this one girl that you really like, what will tend to happen is you'll you'll get overly invested in her and then you'll start acting kind of weird with her. You'll be too hesitant or too needy. Whereas if you can, every time you notice her pop into your head, if you force yourself to think about some other girl, it could be some other girl you slept with recently or just another girl you took a phone number from or whatever, that helps a lot. If you don't have any other girls, then you should go out and meet some ASAP just so that you're not falling into that scarcity needy mindset. Right, right. Where she might be the only woman in your life and that's who you then end up with. Yeah, it's not even about not ending up with, this could be a great girl and could be the one that you want to end up with, but if you're getting obsessed with her early on and she's not there herself, that you can potentially lose her, you can drive her away, you can make the wrong moves, you could, uh, you know, some guys will think, oh, this is a really big deal, I gotta make sure I do everything right, and they start doing the game thing, like we are saying earlier, they start uh, gaming her after they've slept with her. And then they take too long to contact her or they're too aloof or they're playing these games and she just gets sick of it or she goes into auto-rejection and then she's gone. Yeah. And then another situation I see all the time among some of my friends is where a guy sleeps with her and they have a great time, but suddenly, after having sex with her, he just suddenly loses interest in the girl. And in a way, this is also something that women tend to fear a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they worry about their reputation and worry that if I sleep with this guy, is he just going to just vanish just like that when I, you know, was so vulnerable with him and I was and I actually really genuinely like him and I want to see him again. Yep. So how does a man like that, like really combat that feeling? Or, or maybe we can talk about where it might stem from. Why does the guy lose interest in the girl after sex? Was that the question? Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like some guys lose an interest and a girl right after sleeping with her, and this happens with every single girl that they end up getting with. My analysis from what I've been able to tell from these guys is they tend to assume that if she slept with me, she must be easy. Therefore, I don't like her anymore. She's, you know, I guess she's a slut because she had sex with me. I don't know if that's like a self-esteem thing for themselves, if they don't think that they're not that great. You know, I guess if I can get her, then anybody can get her, or if maybe it's just a thing where... Maybe they need a girl that really resists them a lot and puts up a lot of resistance before they feel like, okay, I really had to earn it with this girl. She must be a good girl. I've never been 100% sure what the mentality is. Most of my friends aren't that way, but I've seen guys sometimes that do that. Yeah, I've noticed it quite a bit, and it's really interesting because then uh, it's kind of a catch-22. You get with the girl and you have a great time, yet and she might be an amazing girl, but you, know, you end up losing so much interest for her that she auto-rejects and... Sometimes these same men kind of regret that mindset yeah, that they yeah. had. It's funny, huh? <laughs> yeah. First they're like, oh, I don't want her, and then she leaves. Oh, that can be what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that sometimes. So it could be something where they get her, sleep with her, and then they're like, okay, I'm not interested in her anymore. So then she moves on. She doesn't want to see them anymore. And then they get interested in it again. Uh, these are guys that need the chase. Yeah. They need to be chasing a girl, and then if they get her, they lose interest. I actually had a, I had a female friend. She... Uh, talked to me one time and like unloaded about her relationship problems. And usually I don't do that with girls, but this girl, I thought it was an interesting case. So I just talked to her about it, but she was like, you know, I met this guy, I met him at tennis class and he chased me and chased me for like a month. And, and so eventually I, I went out with him and we got together and I guess they dated for like three weeks or something. And she was always kind of aloof and this guy was just chasing her around and he was like 40 or something. And she was 30, he was 40. 
He'd never been married. Right. And so he's taking around and telling all these people, like, you know, I'm crazy about this girl. Like, I've never felt this way about anyone before. And, like, I'm thinking about marriage. And so he's just kind of, like, love bombing her. And uh, <laughs> so after three weeks, she decided to, like, buy him some small gift or something and show him some affection instead of being a luff. And as soon as she did that, within a couple of days, he was like, you know, I need some space. I don't know if I can keep doing this. And he broke up with her. And she was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> So I was like, here's the thing. This guy needs the chase. So I would recommend you just move on completely because if you ever do get him back, the only kind of girl that he could ever be with long term is a girl that always keeps him chasing constantly. If, if he yeah. feels like he got you, he's, he's going to lose interest. So I said, if you want to get him, what you can do is just be really aloof when you go to your tennis class. Just kind of look at him and then snub the other way and talk to everyone yeah. else and ignore him. And what will happen is after a week or two, he's going to start chasing you really hard again. I said, but if you do that and if you yeah. get back together with him, then the same thing's going to happen all over again because you're not someone who's naturally aloof. At some point, you want to give him attention and then you lose him again, which is what happened. She did what I said. She got him back. And then after a couple of weeks, she showed him affection and then he dumped her all over again. Oh, man, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was an interesting case study. Yeah, yeah. Glad you shared that. <laughs> well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit, actually, and talk about from the girl's perspective. So you two have gotten together, a guy and a girl, and you've had sex. And uh, what does it look like, like the kind of different scenarios that a woman might show you after that point, And what do they mean? Maybe a girl is more aloof. Maybe she's like doesn't contact you or, or maybe it could be opposite. Like she's super taxi, She's super flirtatious. And she's like really interested in seeing you again. Yeah. Well, first off, if she's, um, if she's texting a lot, if she's making a lot of contact and she's really gung-ho about seeing you again then uh, that's generally a sign that you did everything right as far as she's concerned. There's no attainability issues. There's no value issues. She Obviously, she's investing lots, no, no compliance investment issues. So she feels comfortable with you. She likes you. She wants to see you again. She wants to make it happen. She might give you a little resistance if you see her again, but it'll be pretty easy to convert her, so long as you don't wait too long to take advantage of the opportunities that she's chucking at you. If you have a girl that's being more aloof, that can mean different things. So it could mean that you messed something up and you made a mistake and now she's not sure about you or she's feeling insulted or maybe circling the drain of auto-rejection. could be an attainability problem. could be a value problem. It can be right. sometimes where maybe she met you at the nightclub and hooked up with you. Maybe the sex was good, but she woke up the next day and she's like, oh my God, I slept with another club guy. Like I can't, these guys are too, <laughs> it did it again. I told myself I was going to yeah. stop doing that. Like that happens. You could be a really amazing guy, but if she doesn't know that much about you, you're just that club guy that I slept with. Why did I do that? So it could yeah, be a value yeah. problem. It can also just be that she has some sort of emotional baggage. She may have had hookups before where something bad happened or the guy was cold after. So now she's having flashbacks. and She's worried that you don't respect her. Or you're going to treat her poorly. Or it could just be that she's, she's shy or reserved or she thinks it's the man's responsibility to follow up or convert her. Or it can even be she's super busy. There's tons of reasons that she can be aloof for not texting. So don't assume that it's a problem or she doesn't like you or she didn't have a good time. Really, I guess we're just really um, telling men to cater your response to her response. Like if she's super excited, then you should be excited yourself if you want to see her again. Or if she's aloof, then you also have to play play that kind of role with her and maybe stay a little more distant and contact her a little bit later down the line to see you again. Depends on the read and depends on what happens. You know, I've had uh, plenty of success with the girl's been aloof at first, um, warm and excited, and then she warms right back up because maybe it was an attainability issue. If it's an attainability issue and you're aloof, then for her that's just confirmation that, okay, yeah, he's not that into me. I would recommend try being warm and, you know, nice with her. Try and invite her out. If she's not responsive to that, then you can try backing off for a little bit and give her some space and then try again later. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Now, on the actual encounter that you that you have with the girl, I think you've recommended that there's a couple of ways to ensure that she's more likely to see you again. For instance, maybe you're spending time having sex multiple times rather than just once. Or after having sex with her for the first time or the second time, you actually spend time with her in other ways besides sex, maybe like going out for breakfast the morning after or for coffee. Why is this so critical? Well, a lot of it ties back to that question we covered earlier of, okay, we've had sex now. What, what does he think of me now? So if you don't, if you have sex with her and then you, 
as one of my friends, as, as a friend of a friend of mine would put it, he has sex with girls and then he hates them. So <laughs> if you're yeah, one of those guys... Well, we that, talked about that kind of guy yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too. If you're one of those guys that hates a girl as soon as you, as soon as you finish having sex with her, then you're not going to have sex with her again. You're not going to have multiple rounds with her. You're not going to want to talk to her too much after. You're not going to have breakfast with her. So a lot of this is just reassuring her that, you know, I don't hate you now that we've had sex. Another part of it is letting her see that you haven't changed, that you're still the same guy, because that's another one that women will run into. Guys will change in all kinds of bizarre ways after sex. Sometimes they get suddenly closed off and awkward. Other times they get really needy, like, wow, you know, like, wow, that was amazing. Like, I'm already thinking about, like, we should take this trip to Italy. You know, <laughs> uh, I want you to come meet my parents, whatever it is. Some guys can be, they just start chasing after a relationship right away. And the girl, the girl's like, whoa. So a lot of it's really just either showing her that you don't hate her and, and also showing her that you're still the same guy that she slept with. You haven't changed just because uh, you got the punani. Yeah, yeah. And it's so critical to maintain that initial communication that you had with her and that initial vibe. I mean, it's, it's everything because so many things can change after that moment. And I think women especially feel very vulnerable and nervous about that before they sleep with you. They always wonder if he's going to just disappear or if something's going to change. And maybe you can talk about how important it is to introduce that element of warmth also afterwards. Yeah. yeah um, ideally, you'll have it beforehand. Back on the, the things change thing, the whole reason that we have this game or the reason that there is a site like Girls Chase or that you have to study this stuff, that you have to compete, is because guys lie about their intentions because they want to get sex. And girls are spending a lot of time trying to figure out, who is this guy? Is this the guy that I think he is? Or is he pretending to be something that he's not? That's why they look at things like pre-selection, mate choice copying, just all these different factors they're assessing that they're trying to use to assess, is this guy legit? Is he for real? So warmth is another aspect of showing her that you're for real. Like, I actually care about you as a person. I respect you. And if you're warm, if you're genuinely warm with her, then you're probably not faking because it's really hard to fake warmth. You know, if a guy is bitter or he has issues with women, he can't be warm. It's not in his nature yet. He can learn it, but right now he's not able to do it. So warmth is usually a pretty clear sign that you're a fairly trustworthy guy. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that sets up a lot of the background that we've really covered about. I mean, you've kind of tied into so many different elements of the entire domain of seduction and how men and women really interact with each other. Now, let's talk about actual process how do you create and set up the second and third meets it's going to depend on the girl but i mean a lot of times you're just going to do it via texting just be a simple text like hey you know you should do a text the day after you sleep with her whether she left the night before or she left that morning send her a text sometime that morning ideally unless she left at a really weird time you probably want to text her sometime before noon because some girls can go into auto rejection pretty quickly even if things were great so i usually advise texting her before noon the next day just something that's kind of nicely worded, like, you know, had a great time last night, hope you're not too tired today, or whatever. It can be something tied to some personal, you know, hope you're not falling asleep at that meeting you had, whatever you know yeah. that she's got to do. Maybe with a winky face at the end, or, you know, something that brings back those emotions that you two shared together. Yeah. And then you kind of got to play it based on the response she's given to you. If she's given you a really warm, excited response back, you can potentially say something like, yeah, we should do it again sometime soon. But usually you won't unless she's giving you a really, a really clear invite that day. Yeah. So if it's just kind of like a, a nice neutral text, then typically I would recommend you wait a few days. And sometimes she'll text you first. She wants to meet up uh -huh. again. Or it'll be kind of a feeling you out text, which is basically an invitation for you to invite her to meet up. If she doesn't, yeah. then you can just shoot her something that says, hey, what's your schedule like? We should grab some grub sometime soon or whatever. Anything along those lines. And again, based on her vibe and response to you, you, if we want to keep seeing her again, then we also want to kind of do this quickly. Like if she's super, super flirtatious and into you and is texting you constantly the next day, then you might want to see her that very night or the next night if possible. Yeah. And there's, there's not too much risk of, you know, she's really texting you a lot. She's really flirty, really warm the next day. There's not too much risk of you saying, hey, what's your schedule like tonight? Or, hey, are you free tonight? Or want to you know, do it again? Probably don't want to say I want to do it again, but, you know. <laughs> Maybe a little more discreet than that. 
let's order a pizza tonight and watch Netflix or, or whatever. Or maybe come over and help me cook this amazing meal that we're going to share together. Yeah, I just got all these ingredients for nachos and guacamole. I'm going to make some tacos. Do you like tacos? <laughs> yeah. Are there other nuances to setting up the next meet? I mean, maybe still maintaining some distression factors and uh, other things like possible deniability as well. That he doesn't feel too harmed by her reputation if she sleeps with you again really quickly. Yeah, you're typically not going to want to say like, hey, why don't you come over and let's have sex again? Because yeah. uh, unless she's really sexually open, she's still going to be... Most women will still want to kind of keep that. I want to have the power to decide yes or no if we're going to do it again. So she's still kind of feeling you out. She's still a little afraid that maybe it's going to be different. You're going to act different. Or like maybe that first time was a fluke. I'm going to meet up with this guy and realize I actually don't like him that much. And I don't know what the last time was, but that was weird. It was just a one-time thing. So you usually want some kind of plausible deniability there. And some women will push back and say they don't want to meet up with you at your place. Or they'll say we don't want to have sex again. In which case, usually what you should do is just say, cool, let's just grab some ice cream nearby. And you just have her meet you somewhere, hopefully close to your place for ice cream or whatever. It can be a cocoa or whatever you want to meet her for. And then just sit and chat for a little bit, go for a walk, and hopefully take her back to your place and then have sex again. And once you've slept with her two or three times, she's converted and you won't have trouble getting her over. So what do you actually do then? I mean, we're starting to talk about now what to do on the second and third dates. But um, this ultimately then ties into a purpose that we create for the relationship, right? I mean, ultimately, we still, after the second or third date, as men, we have a clear idea of what who this girl is and what she's all about and i think the woman does too about the guy you know based on how you show up to her why is it so critical to create a purpose for the relationship at that point well the reason that you create a purpose and this is by the way a purpose that you're keeping in your head not a purpose that you're telling her exactly she asks you (laughs) (laughs) the purpose is hey you know uh, i just like spending time with you and, and let's just see where this goes but you yourself should have some kind of end goal for the relationship and the reason that you have that is because it helps you to know where this is going and how you want to direct it. It also lets you know where the limits are, like what you're going to say yes to if she proposes it, or what you're going to say no to, how fast or slow you're willing to move on different things with her. Like, you know, if she wants to start coming over more often, is that something you can say yes to or no? If you purely want to keep her as a friends with benefits and you don't want anything more than that, if you haven't explicitly set out that purpose in your head, you might be thinking, you know, I really only want this girl as friends with benefits. And then... You know, she's already seen you once that week. And then a few days later, she pings you and says, hey, how about we meet up again? And you're like, yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, sure. Why not? Because you haven't had that purpose in mind. You're not thinking, okay, she's friends with benefits, which means I can only see her once a week. So it would be fun, but I got to say no if I want to maintain this relationship. Right. And this is obviously identifying uh, back to what a man wants and what kind of girl he's ultimately looking for. So that you don't end up in the wrong relationship with the wrong girl yep. at the end of the day. Because that's no fun. <laughs> yeah, it sends up way more problems than the satisfaction of it actually is worth in the beginning. I guess we're looking at this in the long term now. And, um, you know, the conversion is a very critical juncture. A lot of times we meet a lot of guys that you'll sleep with a girl once and it might just be that one time. And it's really setting up the second or third meets to create an ongoing relationship that's critical as to where she will actually keep seeing you in the long term. Do you have any suggestions for men to just determine where a woman fits in their lives? Well, you know, got to know what you want. Yeah. That, that's kind of like a, I'm trying to figure out the, the right way to come at that question. That's like a big question. So let's say, <laughs> let's say we have these considerations. So you got to know what kind of relationships you want. You got to know where on the attractive to X kind of relationship scale this girl falls for you. So for instance, maybe you are open to a long-term relationship with a girl that's really amazing, but right now you mostly just want to stay single and maybe have a couple of friends with benefits. So to figure out where a girl fits in that spectrum, the question is going to be, is this girl amazing enough that I want to make her a priority in my life and have a long-term relationship with her and spend less time on other girls or maybe go exclusive entirely at some point? Or is this a girl that I just want to have as a friend with benefits? Or is this a girl that I don't really want to continue to see? So you kind of have to play through those scenarios. I think the easiest way to do that is just to say, maybe start with the most serious relationship that you want to think about right now and say, would I be really happy with this girl in that role? If the answer is no, then like, okay, so she's, she's out for that role. So next one down, would I be really happy with this girl in that role? 
No, next one down. And when you get one that you say yes, okay, that's the role that that girl goes into. Interesting, yeah. And this is obviously something you evaluate in the very first encounter, is it's something that we set up and we can't really change after you've decided and after the first or second or third meets. What you'll typically do is you'll start off and you'll you'll have kind of a role that you'll have a girl in mind for when you first meet her and then when you first sleep with her. But a lot of times that will change as you get to know her. If you're kind of a romantic, you know, for me, a lot of times I'll meet a girl and right away I'll be like, she's amazing. I want this girl to be my girlfriend. And then as I get to know her more, once I've slept with her, I'm like, ah, eh, she's not that amazing. You know, <laughs> I think I don't want to have this girl a girlfriend after all. So you kind of have to reassess as you find out more about her. Or it might happen the other way. You know, maybe you, you meet a girl and at first you're like, eh, but then you get to know her better. And you're like, actually, she's pretty amazing. But uh, I recommend that you try to have a fairly firm idea about what you want with her by maybe by about the time that you've converted her. So by about the second or third separate occasion that you've slept with her. And the reason is just because that's the point that where the relationship's going to start gradually embarking on different trajectories. I still recommend that you run even a long-term relationship as kind of like a pseudo-friend-with-benefits relationship from the start. But, you know, these, these different changes will start to seep in. And she can kind of detect that you want something or other from her as well. Cool. So let's talk about specific kinds of relationships then. Just to conclude the podcast, how would you set up if you've determined that a girl is more fit as just a sexual partner, nothing more, like maybe kind of a, a fuck buddy or something like that. How would you set that up? How would you communicate with the girl? And what is the level of maintenance that you have and expectations by other party? Well, uh, I actually recommend that when you're setting up any kind of relationship, even if, even if you want a long-term relationship, even if you want marriage, that you set them up kind of similar ways. And that's basically sort of a, a basic friends with benefits or, or fuck buddy, if you will, a relationship, which is one where it's set up very casually and really all you're doing with each other at the outset is just meeting up and having sex, maybe talking a little bit, but mostly having sex. And the reason why you want that is because you want that relationship, if you want a more serious relationship, you want it to progress with time with a fuck buddy. And I think we're going to differentiate here between fuck buddy and friends with benefits, right? Yeah. I usually use just friends with benefits because it sounds politer, but uh, we can differentiate between them. So uh, I'll break my usual cursing in public, or not public, but, you know, cursing on uh, Girls Chase rule, which is just called Fuck Buddy. But uh, yeah. We can just call it FB, <laughs> yeah, FB. if you prefer. Yeah, so essentially the way you, that you're going to start it out is one, one difference in how you do it is I recommend you not have her sleep over. I recommend you not have her sleep over ever, uh, not the first night that you meet her or, or ever. Basically, just because it sets that tone, sets that, uh, that sort of pattern that she's not a girl that you have to sleep over. Sleeping over is kind of an intimate act. You know, you're spending time with this person in bed. It's kind of nice, kind of sweet, a little bit romantic. If she's a fuck buddy and it's just about sex, you should not be doing that. Ideally, then, you're probably not going to want to sleep with her too late at night the first time you sleep with her, if you can avoid it. You know, if you meet her at the nightclub and it's 4 a.m., that's kind of hard to avoid. But even then, you can still sleep with her, have sex a couple of times, and then 5.30 in the morning say, okay, well, I better get some sleep. Can I call you a taxi cab? Or, you know, if she if she protests at all, you can just tell her, like, I, I just can't even sleep at all with people in the bed with me. Actually, the research showing that men get worse sleep when they sleep with other people in the bed. You know, when a, when a woman sleeps <laughs> with them. So, well, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. So that's one rule that I recommend you implement for fuck buddies and friends with benefits is don't let them sleep over at night. It's fine if you sleep over at the girl's place. That's that's no problem. But don't let the girl sleep over at yours. Otherwise, just keep it to just pretty much just sex. You should only see her once a week, uh, ideally. You know, if you see her every now and then, if you see her maybe twice a week, that's okay. But uh, not maybe not more than once a month. It should usually be to pretty consistent once a week. Especially just to keep her emotions in check. But I wonder, does a woman get offended in any way if like, she was hoping for a longer-term relationship with you or something like that and you're consistently not letting her sleep over? Is that something that kind of like negates the, a longer-term frame with her, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. But the thing to keep in mind is a lot of that's depending on the expectations that you set. So if you're coming across as a provider and she's expecting a long-term relationship with you, 
she's going to be offended at a, at a fuck buddy relationship no matter what you do because that's just not what she expects with you it's not what she wants she feels like she's getting kind of a raw deal like you know i thought i was getting this but instead i'm getting that and yeah, that's yeah. by the expectations you set so a lot of that's your behavior before you sleep with her you can set expectations after you sleep with her like you know if you sleep with a girl and you want her to be your fuck buddy just tell her like you know it's really cool we can just be with each other and just be really open like this and i think it'd be neat if you know we can continue to be this way and you know if you want to sleep with other people that's okay no i'm not gonna be judgmental about that you can tell me about it if you want to or you don't have to you can set kind of verbal frames like that afterwards you don't have to but it's something where particularly if you feel like maybe this girl is already on the uh, the long-term relationship train you can try setting frames like that and see if she bites. Yeah, interesting. I remember this goes right back to how we discussed at the beginning of the podcast how important it is to both know what you want with the girl and also to kind of have this shade between lover versus provider depending on what it is that you want. And again, this completely factors back into that because when you're actually having slept with her the first time and you're actually starting to set up the future course of the relationship it always comes back to back to those two questions yeah and one thing i would advise to men who are listening is don't assume that she can read your mind a lot of times guys think that they're you know men and women both do this people think that they're more transparent than they are you know <laughs> men get frustrated because it seems like women aren't interested in them and women are sitting there thinking yeah. god i made it so obvious how do, you know doesn't he realize that i really like him and on the other side a guy will think, okay, it's. I think it's pretty clear to her that I don't want anything long term, but she's not picking up that message at all. Could be she's inexperienced. Could be she just has lower social awareness. Could be she's just crazy in love with you and she's got in love blinders on and she's only seeing what she wants to see. So yeah, it's important to pay attention to her and how she's reacting to you. And, and uh, if you think she's kind of not getting the message, she might need to be a little more verbally explicit and kind of let her know. Mm. In a gentle way, you usually don't want to say, hey, let's be fuck buddies. I mean, I guess you could. But. <laughs> yeah, it usually doesn't work uh, very well, to keeping it around, it yeah. seems. And especially, you know, since we advocate kind of starting every woman off on the same level, because you can always take it to another level. I mean, it's very important to kind of keep her emotions in check, right? Like you might be a friends with benefits kind of situation for two or three months, and you decide along the way that you actually really like this girl. And then we might want to start introducing more elements of long-term commitment or a relationship, you know, a different level of commitment to her within that time. Now, how does that look like, you know, to set up a girl for more of a longer-term thing? Because I know a lot of guys ultimately have this goal of monogamy and, you know, a serious relationship with a woman or that special woman that they just really care for and might even want to get married to. Well, I recommend that you still start it off as, uh, as a relatively casual relationship, at least in tone where you're meeting up with her about once a week. You can meet up with her a little bit more often. So you can meet up with her maybe six times a month. But it's still pretty much she comes over to your place. You guys hang out, maybe watch a movie, maybe talk for a bit, and then you have sex. It's okay if you... It depends how fast you want it to progress. So you can let her sleep over. That can be one that really helps her feel like this is a more serious relationship or it's going in a more serious way. It depends on the girl. Some girls will write that off as meaningless, but some girls write sleeping over as very meaningful. So that could be one where if you really like her and you're confident you want her for an LTR, you can do that right from the start if you like. Or you can also kick her out at the beginning and then let her win that uh, win that from you. And that's one of the things where uh, as the relationship progresses, you can gradually allow her to win more stuff in the relationship. It sounds like it's a game show but you know she can gradually convince you to spend more time with her she can gradually uh, get more stuff out of you and what this is really doing is giving her a sense of progress yeah exactly now the thing to keep in mind what i'll see you guys do wrong with this sometimes is some guys will get really so this is a good pattern to get into with women but sometimes you'll see guys who adopt the pattern and then they think i should always let the woman take the initiative of progressing the relationship. And so they just kind of kick back and just keep doing the same thing with her until she proposes spending more time with them or going out to restaurants or I don't keep using going out to restaurants, but anything that makes it feel like the relationship is progressing more. But some women will not do that. She might be shy. She might really like you and be afraid of rejection from you. 
she might think it's the man's job to progress the relationship. So you can have girls that, uh, you know, I've had girlfriends that they really wanted to be my girlfriend. They really wanted to be serious with me, but they would always leave at night without me even having to ask them or boot them out. They would just never spend the night. They would never ask to do anything other than come over to my place and have sex uh, until, you know, they could reach a point where they're, they're about to give up on the relationship, but they're never going to ask me to do that because they're just too shy or they don't, right. they don't see it as their job or their responsibility or what have you. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So you, you kind of have to be sensitive to what point do I think the relationship should be at at this point, you know. If it's three months and you're still just seeing her, she's never spending the night, and you're still treating her like a friend with benefits after three months, she's going to start to think it's really just friend with benefits. So you will have to start adding some elements of progress in. Yeah, it seems like the three-month mark is definitely a, a good mark to follow, too, two or three months. So at that point, you're pretty established in a way, and it's also very clear to her that she, she may or may not want something more than with you, and she's looking for signs as to what you're doing and what your intentions are as well with her. Yeah, I suggest guys keep it pretty much a friends with benefits relationship until about the two-month mark, and then you can start introducing elements of progress in. That way, you're, usually you're pretty safe at that point. You haven't come close to the 90-day mark where a lot of uh, friends with benefits relationships begin to fail. A lot of them fail around the three- to four-month mark. Yeah. Ah, lovely. So, Chase... That was an awesome discussion. I mean, very informative. And uh, I think this is actually a great buildup for my next podcast with you, which is going to be all about creating amazing monogamous relationships. Such a huge topic. And uh, I think one that so many men, even women, are really interested in how to create something that lasts a very long time. Indeed. Yeah. But uh, for now, it's been amazing to have you here and a pleasure. And thanks again for being on the Girls Chase podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Varun. It's been great talking with you. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Girls Chase podcast in about a month's time. Until then, I'm Varun Raja, signing out. Thank you.